Blog Talk Radio. to remind you to register for Blog Talk Radio. It's free. And if you do that, you can rate my show, mark it as a favorite, or get reminders of upcoming shows. My call-in number is 347-945-5309. You can telephone or you can call us using Skype. I also offer a free email newsletter about metaphysics and spirituality, the coming changes, and the kinds of things that we talk about here on this show. I've been sending this free newsletter out for about 12 years, and so to sign up for that, you can go to hotpinklotus.com, sign up there, and uh, just know that I don't ever share email addresses with anyone. Today's show is an interview with Dr. Sam Osmanagich, who uh, has a home and business here in Houston having to do with um, metals and creating things out of metals. He is a Bosnian-born Houston resident, author, researcher, and businessman who has discovered ancient pyramids, an ancient pyramidal complex in Visoko, which in, is in Bosnia-Herzegovina, which used to be Yugoslavia. And it consists of five colossal stone structures in the shape of a pyramid of pyramids with extensive prehistorical underground tunnel network connecting these pyramids. Now, these pyramids are still covered with grass and soil and trees and such, and so for a long time nobody realized they were there. Nobody was expecting it. Um, Dr. Osmanagich has established a non-profit, non-governmental archaeological park, park, Bosnian Pyramid of the Sun Foundation, to pursue the excavation and geoarchaeological work. Um, his The first international scientific conference about the Bosnian Valley of the Pyramids was held in Sarajevo in August of 2008 with 55 leading experts from Egypt, Russia, China, Poland, Saudi Arabia, the United Kingdom, Croatia, Austria, Montenegro, and Bosnia, giving full support to his efforts and recommending establishment of the Center for Pyramid Studies in Bosnia. Uh, he's also owner and president of the manufacturing company, the Met Company, and the holding company, Met Holding Group, LLP, in Houston. He has authored and narrated a 12-episode documentary, Search for Lost Civilizations, for the state Bosnian television network, based on his book, Civilizations Before the Official History, which was written in 2005, and it was filmed in Peru, Bolivia, Easter Island, Costa Rica, Mexico, the U.K., France, Germany, Malta, Egypt, Jordan, and Lebanon. He has written ten books, and they are in five different languages, and um, he's also a member of the Archaeological Society of Alexandria, and has become the first honorary citizen of the town of Visoko in 2006. And I'm seeing that he still hasn't called in. He's trying to Skype in, and he's doing this from Bosnia. So um, until he does manage to come in, let's talk a little bit more about these um, pyramids. Um, the... Uh, the pyramids are in a valley, and they all seem to be interconnected by a tunnel network, and the tunnels have been completely filled in at some time in the past, probably most likely to preserve their um, shape so that as earth changes went on, these um, tunnels would not be lost. But the inside of the tunnels have all kinds of writing in a language no one recognizes on them, and they've got like arrows and and like hieroglyphic-looking things, and they've got objects inside of them, too, and they're hoping to excavate these tunnels to get up inside the pyramids because it's very difficult to remove five feet of earth from something as massive as these pyramids. 
and all the trees and all the grass and all the things that have built on been built on top. For example, at the top of the Pyramid of the Sun, there uh, they can't dig because there's an ancient or not ancient, but several hundred year old um, uh, medieval fort. And so he still hasn't called in. He's given a lecture in about 45 minutes at the University of Sarajevo, so he may be having trouble getting through with the Skype. So let's talk about it a little bit more. Um, his PhD is from the University of Sarajevo where he's got a BS in economics and another one in political sciences and a master in international economics and a PhD in the sociology of history with a, spe a specific focus on the Mayan civilization, the University of Sarajevo in Bosnia. And there are a lot of YouTube videos if you're interested in uh, in seeing him talk and seeing images of these pyramids, which, you know, there are detractors who say, oh, those are just hills. But nobody who's ever seen a pyramid covered by earth like I have would think for a moment that those are just hills. I've also been to um, Koba about 20 years ago, and they first realized that that was another temple complex, and this is in the Yucatan. And most of the pyramids, except for a small amount of different ones, most of them were still covered up. And so it was easy for me to see what it looks like and, and to have that image in my head of what a pyramid that's covered with dirt looks like. And, of course, grass and trees and bushes and what have you. And when I see the videos, most of them taken at a distance or from the air, of these, uh, of the YouTube videos of these pyramids, it's very um, clear that that's what these are. I mean, they're too perfectly pyramidical in shape, plus all those tunnels underground. So if you want to go look at, um, at YouTube videos, just go to YouTube and type in Samir Osmanagic or Pyramids in Bosnia. Either one will bring up the, uh, the interviews. So let's see, still not called in. Must be having trouble calling in. So I'm just going to wing it, talk a little bit more. Um, about what he's doing. Okay, he's authored 10 books on ancient civilizations, on the Mayan world, the Peruvian, Mexican, Pacific, African, and ancient European civilizations that have been published in the United States, Turkey, Estonia, Croatia, and Bosnia-Herzegovina. Um, he's um, been interviewed on CNN in 2006 about his discovery, and that was in July of 2006, under, announced as breaking news. In 2007, ABC had a 30-minute special about the Bosnian pyramids, which, by the way, you can find on YouTube. In 2008, BBC, the biggest European TV network, aired news about the Bosnian pyramids during the most popular show, which lasted 45 minutes. In 2009, National Geographic Channel um, aired a 15-minute documentary about the Bosnian pyramids, and it had an interview with Dr. Osmanagic. Um, <clears throat> so this is, okay, here he is. Let's get him. Hello. I'm listening. It's a wonderful introduction. This is <laughs> Sam Osmanagic. Thank you. So, last time I talked to you, one of the objects that had been found in the tunnel, which is sort of an, a pod-shaped object, was being um, tested. So, you want to tell us what the latest things are that you've discovered in the tunnels? Yes, gladly. Now, as you said, we have the Bosnian Valley of the Pyramid, which consists of five structures above the ground, and I named them the Bosnian Pyramid of the Sun, moon, dragon, earth, and love. And under the Bosnian pyramid is a huge network of underground tunnels and chambers. Now, uh, from that entrance to the Bosnian pyramid of the sun, there is a distance of about one and a half miles. So far, we have cleaned and secured about 400 yards of existing tunnel network. And approximately 300 yards from the entrance 
we discovered that huge megalithic blocks, which is about 8 tons or 18,000 pounds in weight. Now, that stone block is very particularly shaped, plus the surface looks like a topography of the terrain or the valley of the pyramid. And uh, what we did, we took the samples from the megalith, we sent it to the Institute for Materials in Zagreb, Croatia, to analyze it. And what they, what they told us was that it was a, a ceramic material. Now, when it comes to ceramic, we usually think of ceramic waves or ceramic plate or a small object. But in our case, we have 18,000 pounds ceramic sculpture. Now, the next step, what we did, we invited people with the georadar equipment. Namely, that equipment can penetrate any surface. So they have checked the surface of the megalithic block. And what they discovered, approximately four inches deep, was another object. Now, we know that this is not an air or empty space. This is not the water. This is not the metal. But also, this is not the same material, ceramic, like the huge megalith itself. So there is something hidden in the megalith. Now, also they told us that the megalith is built from two layers. So first, they made a base, they put something inside, and then they made a cover. So I would say it's a secret after secret. An interesting thing about this particular megalith is when we brought the people with the dowsing equipment, they found out that about 25 yards below, there is a crossing of two underground water flows. And we know whenever you have underground river, there is an energy bar. If you have crossing, that that energy is a spiral. Now, the stone has the ability to receive the energy and to slowly release it in the surrounding area. So I would say that was one of the key points in underground labyrinths. And so there are what we call geopathic energies in the flow of these two underground rivers which intersect under the megalith. Is that correct? Am I understanding you? Well, the energy itself, it's not good or bad, and you know, but sometimes it can have good or bad effects. But I believe that the stone or megalith in our particular case would receive the energy and probably neutralize energy. We know that, for example, the Stonehenge in southern England has similar function. The Stonehenge megalith are above very powerful energy points. So the megaliths receive the energy and they slowly release it in the surrounding area. And we know also that the Druids and even people before them, the builders of Stonehenge, would gather around the megalith site, they would take their hand and they were getting the energy on collective level. Now, when we ask ourselves why do we need the energy, well, of course, we need energy for everything we do to get bored, to get, you know, to progress, to extend the lives. We always need the energy. And the best source of the energy is coming from the Earth. That's why the ancient people would call our planet Mother Earth. And the second source, of course, from the Sun. And they would call our Sun Father. So it's not like there are gods for them but they realize the cosmic importance of these bodies, Earth and the Sun. In our case, uh, what we could notice is uh, that uh, those megaliths they are covered with the conglomerate material. Now, conglomerate uh, has been accumulating over the period of time. So we know that at some point in the past, those megaliths, there were nothing above them, you know, they were clear to the sky. So uh, I think that place was very important sacral ground 
for the ancient people in Bosnia. Now, when it comes to the age, and this may be one of the most controversial things, uh, we discovered a piece of wood which was in the conglomerate material. Now, conglomerate, uh, its origin is when you have the floods or a river or lake. When water is seen, a bunch of stone and rocks and pebbles and sand remain. And by accumulating those materials, you are getting conglomerate. So with all this material, we found a piece of wood which was inside, like in a vacuum. We sent it to the analysis to the radiocarbon labs in Germany, in Kiel, and in Poland, in the Gliwice. And what they told us was that the piece of wood was 32,000 years old, meaning that the floods were in that area over 30,000 years ago. But since the conglomerate covers those megaliths, it means that the megaliths are even older. Then we seek for the help of the anthropological genetics to see what are the oldest nations in Europe. And the recent discoveries in the last five, six years show us that the oldest human population in Europe are the Basques in Spain. And the second oldest are in the Balkan region. That's exactly where we are digging, in today's Bosnia, Herzegovina, Dalmatia. And their age is between 35,000 and 40,000 years. So these events are so important, not only for the archaeological world, but for the world science. We are redefining our understanding of European and the world history. We are finding such an advanced mentalism, the product of advanced culture, that we need to redefine our thinking about the human history. So tens of thousands of years ago, we did have some advanced societies. So then this megalith that you're measuring and um, analyzing has got to be some at least 35 to 40,000 years old. Exactly, because it was brought there before all the floods and before the conglomerate material started to grow. Before, now, the next, yes. Before all that stuff got piled on top of it, there was exactly. wood piled on top of it that was 32,000 years old, and so everything... Exactly was, right. So we are using the scientific means, the scientific equipment, yes. to prove the age and advanced culture. Now, look at this thing. When people were building the tunnels, the conglomerate material was already there. So it means that uh, the pyramid builders and the tunnel builders are the second civilization. It has nothing to do with the, the big megaliths and ceramic sculptures. How do we know that? Because when they built the tunnels, the conglomerate was already formed. It was rather compact. So they got all this material out, the pebbles, the rocks, the stones, the sand. Now they got thousands of tons of the material out. What did they do with that? They used that material to make an ancient concrete. You see, four years back, when we started the project of uh, uncovering the Bosnian pyramid, we started first with the biggest one the Bosnian Pyramid of the Sun. Now, when we compare that pyramid to the Great Pyramid of Egypt, we know that the Egyptian Khufu's Pyramid is approximately 450 feet in height. Now, Bosnian Pyramid of the Sun is close to 700 feet in height. So it's much higher and much bigger. Now, right now, when you look at it from the freeway, you can see regular geometry. You can see triangular faces, four of them. You can see corners and edges. You can see plateau on the top. And once you take the compass, you will realize that those four sides face the cardinal point, east, west, north, and south. And that's exactly 
how the pyramids were built. The Egyptian pyramid on Giza Plateau, they all face north, south, east, and west. But also, recently discovered pyramids in China, 250 of them. They are also, all of them, oriented towards the north and other cardinal points. The pyramids in Peru, 300 of them. They also have a good orientation. And now we have Baldwin pyramids with the perfect orientation. Just to give you an example, the Great Pyramid of Egypt has an error towards the perfect north of zero degrees and only two minutes. Just that's a little fraction of one degree. In the case of the Bosnian Pyramid of the Sun, according to the results of the State Institute for Geodesy, the error is zero degrees, zero minutes, and only 12 seconds. Wow. Obviously, it is not a coincidence. Mother Nature does not make regular hills with four triangular sides, with the obvious corners, with the perfect orientation. That's what the man does. Now, when we started uncovering the Bosnian pyramids, because all of them have been covered with the soil and vegetation, the same like in Mexico, Guatemala, or China, because thousands of years after, you know, they've been covered by this. When we started uncovering them, what we discovered were huge stone blocks. <clears throat> they were next to each other, and they were on the top of each other. So we took the samples and sent the samples to six different labs for the material, four of them being in Bosnia, the fifth one in Italy, Politecnico di Torino, and the sixth one in France, the Institute for Geopolymers, which is headed by the most famous scientist called Dr. Joseph Davidovi. All six of them confirmed that those samples represent concrete material. So we have an artificially made material. Now, they did use natural materials, but they apply certain formula. They made a binding material, they mixed them together, and they pulled the concrete blocks. Now, the binding material is very interesting. Uh, what they did, they used clay. In this part of Bosnia, there is a lot of clay. All hills are made from clay. But they were taking clay, they grinded the clay, mixed it to the water, heat it up to 500 degrees, and uh, when on that temperature, the clay is getting the binding properties. The ancient Romans knew that 2,000 years ago. But obviously, the builders of the Bosnian pyramids knew that much, much before that. But what they did is they brought the huge quantities of conglomerate, which is pebbles and rocks and sand, which is perfect construction material. Mix it with the clay, the binding material, and they got the concrete blocks. Now, the two elements to determine the quality of the concrete are the hardness, and second one is the water absorption. The higher the hardness, the better the quality. Our modern concrete are in the range from 10 to 40 megapascals. The samples of the material that we got from the Bosnian Pyramid of the Sun, and we analyzed 50 of them, show that the hardness is between 85 and 133 megapascals. In other words, this concrete is three times of better quality than what we make today. That's almost unimaginable. The second element, for the quality of the concrete is the water absorption. The higher absorption, the inferior material. Today, we allow up to 3% of water absorption. The concrete on the Sun Pyramid in Bosnia has less than 1% of water absorption. So, what we are facing here are an example of a very advanced civilization 
who built a huge structure in the middle of Bosnia, five of them, which he called the sun, the moon, earth, dragon, love. They built a huge network of the tunnels. By getting this material out, they used it up completely in order to build the concrete coverage of the pyramid. So they did not have a waste. So they are probably the first eco-friendly civilization. And I would say this is the most exciting archaeological, but also scientific project on the planet at this time. I would definitely agree with that. Um, so when you're digging, when you are digging out these tunnels, how are you doing it? Are you doing it with shovels and picks? And how many people do you have? And can, can you tell us about that? Yes, the tunnels are very interesting. Namely, this is an existing network of underground tunnels. And we know that somebody made those tunnels in the conglomerate. But what happened when we entered the tunnel? We noticed that all side tunnels have been sealed off. Somebody came after the tunnel builders. And for some reason, they Fill them off with the filling material. They got the material from the river, you know, the stones, the sand, they fill it up completely, and then they build the walls. They block them off. So why did it happen? Hard to say, but obviously we have two more civilizations. One who built the tunnels, the other one who sealed them off. So what we are doing now, we are getting that material from the side tunnels out. And as we move on to those tunnels, we are finding more intersection, more side tunnels. And the, the, the most recent news from last week is that we discovered the first underground chambers. Their height is 13 feet. So far, the tunnels are you know, between 4 and 8 feet. But this chamber, this gallery, is about 13 feet high. And the second thing, the length of the gallery is about 40 feet, and the width is about 15 feet. So this is, uh, comparing to what we had so far, a huge underground chamber. The interesting thing is that from this chamber, we have seven side tunnels going in different directions. Obviously, that was very important meeting place. Now, in this project, we apply a very great number of scientific disciplines. We are open for everyone, for the mainstream scientists, for the alternative scientists. We have people coming from all over the world, from Egypt. Some of the leading Egyptologists, archaeologists, and geologists from Cairo University, from the University of Alexandria. They came and they walked with us. We had the pyramid experts from China. We had archaeologists from Saudi Arabia. We had geophysicists from Germany and Russia. We had people collecting the samples from radiocarbon labs in Poland, Sweden, Germany, UK. We had people experts in construction from Italy, Croatia, Serbia, and so on. Now, we also had people who are coming with their own instruments. For example, we had a gentleman from Croatia last week. He brought an interesting instrument which measured the presence of ions. Namely, we know that, uh, let's say, in underground caves, uh, the concentration of the ions is much higher than outside. And we know that those negative ions can have some beneficial effects to human bodies. Now, the average concentration outside on any given place is about 1,000 ions per cubic centimeter. Now, at the entrance of our tunnel is about 1,000 ions. But as you go deeper, and especially when you come to this underground chamber, the concentration is 36 times more, 36,000 negative ions. What does it mean? It means that the tunnel builders knew some secrets about the energy that we don't or that we lost over time. The second very interesting thing 
we had the physicists coming from Croatia and they brought their you know, electrical equipment to measure the electromagnetic field. Now, when we were going towards the pyramid of the sun, those instruments were showing just the average uh, data they would show for, you know, any other place. But once we came, once we climbed up to the very top of the Bosnian pyramid of the sun, in the little radius of six feet, we located an energy beam. Now, as far as the frequency, it uh, showed 28 kilohertz. Now, our human ear can hear up to 20 kilohertz. Above that, it is the ultrasound. 28 kilohertz is, of course, the ultrasound. We cannot hear it. We cannot see that. But it is there to be measured, and we did measure it. How does the ultrasound come to the origin? It has to be a source. Nowadays, if we want to produce an ultrasound, we either have a mechanical device or, or electromagnetical device. The third possible way is so-called piezoelectric effect. A couple of decades ago, actually five decades ago, we learned if we squeeze or hit the quartz crystal, then we can see the energy burst. So if you are able to do that continuously, then the electrical current will be produced. But our frequency in Bosnian Pyramid of the Sun is 28 kilohertz. What does it mean? It means that if we have a quartz crystal in the pyramid or under the pyramid, something is hitting that quartz 28 thousand times in the second in order to have ultrasound produced. So now we are doing some pioneering work. We are opening some new doors in the science of the pyramid. We are getting close to their real function and the purpose. They were not tombs. They were not places where you would sacrifice your enemy. But they were places with extremely high and the powerful energy. So somehow an ultrasonic beam is being generated from either within or below that pyramid, and it's coming out through the top of the pyramid going straight up. Is that right? Is that what you're telling me? Exactly, exactly right. But we don't know what's causing it. It, it could be caused by a, a pulsation uh, to a giant crystal beneath the earth or inside the pyramid, or it could be some sort of ancient machine still operating, or could it could it also be, and, and this is just my own little strange mind at work, could it also have to do with the shape of the pyramid itself generating that energy and having it come together in one point? Is that a possibility? That's a very good question. I think that what we face here are probably two things. The first thing is, obviously, there is something in this very place. This very place is energy, very potent place. It is not coincidence that they picked it up so long ago. And uh, our next step that we're going to apply in June, we are bringing more scientists to their equipment. So we're going to stay on the top of the pyramids for three continuous days. And then we're going to see if the energy beam, uh, you know, stops somewhere, interrupts, or it is a continuous beam. And we will try to locate the source. But the second thing, which is even more important, and you are right, the shape, the pyramidal shape, is extremely important. Namely, there is a new science, it's called uh, biogeometry, which uh, investigates different shapes and their effects to the surrounding area. Now we know that the two most powerful and most beneficial shapes are the shape of the pyramid and the shape of the sphere. Now, it seems that the ancient people 
knew about that. They knew that certain types of the energy can get accumulated within the pyramid, that you can have the energy flow within the pyramid. But the only way that the pyramid should work as a, some type of the uh, generator is if you orient it toward the north or the you know, cardinal point, east, west, north, north and south. And that's the reason why the pyramid in China, in Egypt, in Peru, in Bosnia and other places they are built with such a perfect orientation. So obviously they did have a knowledge, a concept of the pyramid, and they did have that astronomical knowledge of the cardinal point. Very important. It seems that not only one type of energy has been produced in the pyramid. Now, again, we have done some pioneering work in the case of the Bosnian pyramid. We have brought a gentleman, his name is Dr. Harry Olsen. He's from the UK. He has developed a special so-called PIP camera, which can film the electromagnetic field. That camera is based on uh, very old uh, Kirlian photography from 50 years ago, which could uh, take a photo of our uh, aura. But anyway, Dr. Olsen came uh, to Isoko, Bosnia, and we filmed the Bosnian Pyramid of the Sun. What we could notice is that within the pyramid, there is a certain type of energy which uh, has been generated, generated. And then you can see that that energy is growing and growing. And at one point, it got released through the top of the pyramid. This was for the first time that uh, this type of energy has been filmed on camera. The second type of energy is, I would say, rather well-known. There's a type of the energy flow. There is an energy which flows inside, within the pyramid. It's like the circle, and it hits approximately one-third of the height of the pyramid. It goes around, it's coming back. The interesting thing is, the so-called king's and queen's chamber in the Great Pyramid of Egypt are exactly located on one-third of the height. So they are mostly exposed to this type of the energy. We also know that during 1950, in uh, then Czechoslovakia, there was a guy who patented that uh, the pyramid, if you make a replica of Great Pyramid of Egypt, it's 52 degrees, four triangular faces, if you put the blade inside it's going to get sharpened. In other words, it seems that that type of energy can improve the molecular structure of any object or being. If you put the glass of milk in the pyramid and glass of milk on the kitchen table, the one on the kitchen table will get bad in three days, the one inside the pyramid won't. The same thing goes for the raw meat, the same thing goes for the other things. So obviously there are some pyramid powers. And that second type of the energy, that energy flow within the pyramid. And the third type, which we have not measured yet, we need to find the proper instrument, is the energy which goes on the ground level in, uh, I would say, concentric circles. It goes in all directions. And this type of energy can affect our crops, and agriculture in global, but not only agriculture. I would say by producing some type of the beneficial energy, it can have some very helpful and beneficial effects to the society. Now, Louis, you know that our society is so full of violence and wars and jealousy and all this what we consider a negative energy. But let's just imagine this. We have a pyramid all over the world that would produce a beneficial energy. So instead of so much negativity, we have societies which are full of friendships and cooperation and love. So in a way, the pyramid could form a protective ring around the planet. But for some reason, thousands of years ago, 
something happened and that dream does not work anymore. So something happened to interrupt the protective quality of this complex of pyramids that are all over the earth that probably once interacted with each other. Is, is that what you're telling me? Is that what I think? Yeah, that's and, what I, um, I agree. Yes, and uh, there is no coincidence that the pyramids are really built on all continents. What they teach us in school and what's so wrong, that the pyramids are built only in Egypt and Mexico. Now, in Egypt, it's not just the three pyramids on Giza plateau. There are 130 of them in Mexico. There are thousands of them, but also in Guatemala, El Salvador, Belize, Honduras, Bolivia, Peru, Canarian Islands, Mauritius, in the middle of the Indian Ocean, of course in China, on the bottom of the Pacific floor, they used to be on the surface. And in Europe, we have them in Greece, 16 of them, in Italy, on five locations, in the islands of Sicily and Sardinia, in southern France, in Bosnia. So the whole world in ancient times was really the world with the pyramids. So people had the knowledge that we lost. So there's a reason why we need to go back to try to retrieve some of the ancient knowledge. Because the way we live today is so wrong. We behave as the conqueror of the planet. The reason why I named one of the pyramids, the pyramid of the Earth, the Temple of Mother Earth, is that I want to show the respect to our planet, which is really our mother. It gives us life. The sun was our father. One of the pyramids is the pyramid of dragon. Why dragon? Because dragon is a symbol for the knowledge. We want to show the knowledgeable builders that we respect them. And finally, the fifth pyramid is the pyramid of love. There is no pyramid in the world with such name. Why did I name it pyramid of love? As we know, the words are powerful. Thousands of years back, when people would name the born baby with certain name, that name would basically uh, destine the future of the child. So the words are there so powerful. And the most powerful and the most beautiful word is the love. So when you name a huge structure, the pyramid of love, then it means that uh, you can color the whole valley of the Bosnian pyramid with love. And that's the type of the messages that we want to send to the world. As you know, in the last 16, 20 years, nothing but bad news were coming from Bosnia. The news about the war and the violence, and recently about the corruption. But with this project in Visoko Valley, we want to send different messages, messages about the archaeology and the real science, messages about the friendship, about the youth, about the young people coming to Bosnia, about the volunteers, about the friendship and the love. And I think that's uh, the destiny of this project. We need to change the Bosnia in order to change the world. That's very beautifully put, and I, I, I agree so much about naming something and how the name is uh, determines a lot of how the life of that thing, whatever it may be, person, object, will unfold. And I want to go back to a couple of things that you said that raised questions for me. That um, you discovered an underground chamber. And my question is, is it also filled with that material or is, has this been, is it hollow or are you finding this out because you have equipment that will, that can see through the earth or, or what? How do you, how do you find it? Actually, everything we do, we do manually. When it comes to the pyramid digging, we do it manually with the shower. So we need to remove the huge quality of dirt. 
But manually, that's the archaeology. We cannot use bulldozer, we cannot use any heavy equipment. When it comes to the tunnels, they are filled up with the material and we remove the material manually also. So it's a very slow process. Every side tunnel, including the chambers that we recently discovered, they are completely filled almost all the way to the top with this material. Before we entered the chamber, there was a wall, like a drywall, built from the stones from the riverbed. Somebody built the walls, we removed the walls, we removed the materials, we realized there is a huge chamber. And it seems that somebody did a very good job trying to hide everything. You see, after the original builders of the tunnel and pyramids left, Probably that was before the end of the last ice age. The humanity had to start over. So people who came to the Visokovans, at that time, obviously, they did find some traces of the tunnels, pyramids, the chambers inside the pyramids, and so on. Now, obviously, that was some big secret. For some reason, they wanted to hide the secret of what they did, they brought thousands of tons of the material which they used as the fill-up material. They systematically cleaned everything, completely covered and sealed off everything, thinking that nobody will find those big secrets. These are not small secrets. If you use so much material, it's not a small Bosnian secret. It's something of the global importance. And really, when you have the biggest underground labyrinth and the biggest pyramid, you're going to have some big answers. Just one has to be patient. One has to know that a very noble goal is in front of him and he will succeed. This is a project which will last decades, but I think it will produce some extremely important results of the humanity. The 21st century will be the era of the pyramid investigations all over the world. The primitive people did not build the pyramids. Very advanced culture. What they teach us in schools that the human history is the history of the evolution that we started as a very primitive and now we are the most technologically advanced, the most intelligent, the most beautiful. That's wrong. I mean, we have the humanity going in cycles. We just live in the last cycle, which started 7,000 years ago. With the Sumerians, and Babylon, and Akkad, Assyria, ancient Egypt, ancient India. That's 7,000 years. But before this cycle, there was another one. 12,000, 15, 18,000 years ago. Before that, but there was another one, up to 55,000 years ago. So we need to get the link, we need to get a connection to those previous civilizations. Because in some aspects, even though they, don't, they did not have computers or cranes like we do, they are more advanced in the sense of the construction and philosophy, and uh, they are much more spiritual than we are. They have a balance between the physical and spiritual bodies. That balance we have lost long time ago. Majority of the human population act like only the material things are important. Without a balance. And there are so many things that we can learn from the distant past. And I think that's the main message from this project. We want people to go back in time and to get the answers that will help us to see how we can you know, develop our society further and not go in a very bad ending. So I, I, I really love the way you put that and that quite possibly our future is dependent on understanding our past in an even deeper way than any historian has ever believed before. Not just that we don't 
create the same mistakes and repeat them, but that we learn what once human beings knew that they lost many tens of thousands of years ago and learn from that, learn from the knowledge of our elders, those upon whose shoulders we actually do stand. Exactly right. And uh, you see, when I came up with the hypothesis five years ago that the pyramids exist in Bosnia, I had so many obstacles. People from the archaeological community, geological, people from the Academy of Sciences in Bosnia, Ministry of Culture, National Museum, they were all against me. They are saying, oh, it's impossible. No advanced civilizations in distant parts in Bosnia. Then people from UK, from London, from Boston, from New York, from New Orleans, they are signing petitions. They wanted the Bosnian government to start the project of excavation of Bosnian pyramids. They were afraid of something. And I would say there was a combination of factors. Some of them, like in Bosnia, jealousy. Some of them, they didn't want the history to be changed because their PhDs are not good anymore. The way they teach their students are not good anymore. People don't like change when they got position. People think when they got their professorships and their PhDs, when they write books, that the knowledge ends with them. They're so wrong. We can be professors, but if we don't behave as a student who are ready to learn and receive the knowledge, there is no hope for us. So we have to be open-minded, and that's the only way to progress. That's the only way to get the benefits from the knowledge. Otherwise, we become obstacles to the science. And I will end this interview, and I thank you for the opportunity to, to talk here today. I will end it with the words. Uh, we have to be students. We have to be open. Because with the knowledge that's coming to us, we will realize that the human history is so much older. That in some sections of human history, people were so advanced. The knowledge was pouring to us. And one last thing, if we think that we are the only intelligent beings in the universe, we are so wrong. Our little planet and our little solar system and even our galaxy Milky Way, they are so far from the center of the universe where real action is, where very advanced form of life exists. So let's be ready to be open and to receive the knowledge. Thank you so much. And I agree totally with the the belief that there are more intelligent life forms out there, or more advanced life forms out there ready and willing to help us. Thank you so much for being with us today. It's a real honor to talk with you again. And uh, I hope we can do this again one day. Yes, we will. Thanks a lot, and uh, God bless. Okay. God bless you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So he had to leave a little bit before the hour was up because he has to go give a lecture to post-grad students at the University of Sarajevo, um, where he lectures regularly. And they are in the midst at this point in time of, because it's summer, summer's approaching, of excavating the tunnels further and um, he has uh, actually a volunteer program and which may already be full for this year where you can go and uh, uh, hang out for however long uh, a period of time that uh, you can carve out and help them dig out those pyramids which you know if ever there was a point in in time when a person could interact with really, really significant um, historic changes on the planet. This is one of those times, and that's one of those places. So if you're looking for a way to make a difference, you might want to go and see if you can sign up one summer, this summer, next summer, the summer after, 
to be part of the crew that helps excavate these tunnels because, as he said, they do it all by hand. They can't run the risk. It's an archaeological dig. They can't run the risk of damaging anything. And I've seen um, pictures of some of the images on the walls that they've discovered and of the megalith he refers to, which to me looks like a giant seed pod, um, and which I, my sense is that there's something inside of it that's been covered up and protected so that it wouldn't be destroyed over the ages because ancient peoples knew that there's a cycle in history and that you know we're just now on the upside from the very low point in that cycle in history um the low point being the dark ages and the cycle being very 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 long um if you want to know more about that particular cycle i suggest you read the book uh, lost star of myth and time by walter cruttenden he talks about it and he has a lot of scientific information that explains his theory about the long cycle, and um, my sense is that uh, there is a lot of technological uh, truth buried in these pyramids, and that once we reverse engineer, if you want to call it that, that this whole planet's going to shift, and that the civilization is going to shift, and that our understanding of life is going to shift. So if you want to go to his personal website, it's Samir Osmanagic. There's no H on it in his uh, in Bosnian. It's S E M I R O S M A N A G I C dot com. You can go look there. And then if you want to see him on YouTube, you just type in Samir Osmanagic or Bosnian pyramids and um, learn a whole lot more. Or type in Pyramid of the Sun, Bosnia. There are a whole lot of um, YouTube videos, websites, blogs. Uh, people who've gone there to dig have uh, um, posted blogs. And um, I think this is probably, like he said, one of the most exciting, if not the most exciting scientific thing that's going on on the planet now. And in spite of everybody wanting history to stop and no more truth to be discovered, it's being discovered in Bosnia right now. And um, one of the things he told me when we were visiting um, the last time he was in Houston is that not only did Harry Oldfield measure this energy coming out of the Pyramid of the Sun, he compared it to the energy coming out of surrounding hills, and it's completely different. It doesn't have any structure coming out of the surrounding hills like it does coming out of the pyramids. The pyramids give off a shape of um, frequency that he can measure with his PIP machine, which was originally created to measure the auras of humans. But he pointed it at these pyramids and at surrounding hills, and clearly there's a, a very, very strong difference. They're two completely different things. These are not just hills. Anyway, have fun researching it, and um, I'm hoping that we'll be able to talk to him again soon. Thanks for listening today. Bye.
Filipina. 